So you were saying that you had terrible coffee. And I told you that we've established that you've tried good coffee and you appreciated it. You didn't love it, maybe, but you're like, this is good. Right. This is okay. Yeah, exactly. So you're just getting the wrong type of coffee. And then you said... Honestly, since the first time I had coffee with you, it's only gotten downhill from there. (laughs) Thank you. I've had the best coffee I will ever have first, and then I've peaked. (laughs) Everything else after this is terrible. That makes me feel good, but also makes me feel sad because like, no, you know, sure, I can make good coffee, but you can get good coffee where you live. Talk to uh, Ricardo. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be able to point you in the right direction. But hey, but then you said something airport, right? What were you saying? Yeah. So I'm a reporter on the field right now, or Mm -hmm. as I like to say, a reporter in a hotel room, Mm -hmm. (laughs) basically. You're in uh, Drake Town. Uh, So I'm in Toronto for work. I'm in the six as the kids say. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I'm not recording in my usual setup. Hopefully, I don't think there's too much echo here, but my water bottle is uh, my mic stand right now. And <laughs> Incredible. My laptop is sitting on a pillow. So, <laughs> you know. Fun. But I mean, it looked pretty legit. I'm, I'm very surprised because when we started this call, you were holding your mic. <laughs> and I guess your laptop was like, tilted like at an angle so i right. saw it. i could see you at an angle so right now it looks super professional so you know points for improvisation skills uh but wait this is not where i was going to go with this you said something same thing i had coffee at airport and like i said all right stop we need to record this because that's your problem what kind of coffee did you have and where and why well because it's like okay uh, so it's a domestic flight so when you go over to like the domestic sort of aisle in the airport the food options are really, like, really not great. Yeah. And also, in addition to that, I have, like, a nut allergy, which makes some places a little bit more difficult for me to, like, have food. And Tim Hortons is, like, a easy, predictable place where I can get, like, just a sandwich. Um, so I went there, had, like, a, I don't know, I guess, it, like, a trio or whatever, and it's, like, a sandwich, coffee, and then a donut. So I tried the coffee and it was terrible. (laughs) So this is Tim, whatever he said. That's like the Canadian Starbucks, right? Sort of. I would say, so we also have Starbucks, right? uh, just generally speaking. But I would say, in my opinion, Starbucks is better. Okay. Does that offend Canadians or no? I don't know. I don't know, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Please uh, email me if you (laughs) you agree or disagree. But but I do think Starbucks is is a step up from Tim Hortons. But Tim Hortons is just ubiquitous. Like it's just everywhere. Right. It's safe. It's like easy options. It's sort of like Tim Hortons is the McDonald's of coffee. I would say where it's like it's definitely not the best. Right. Like you can get. Way better food at like an A and W compared to a McDonald's, in my opinion. But it's McDonald's is like you know what you're gonna get. It's predictable. It's available. You know, mm-hmm. and you accept that you're making a trade off. So Tim Hortons is like that for coffee, in my opinion. <laughs> and what kind of coffee did you have? What was your order? So it was a coffee with two milks. Two. <laughs> In there, like the, the little cups because that's what you ha- how you have to order it it's like two milks yeah. but not cream i didn't get cream i got, I got milk <laughs> oh two milks okay <laughs> one coffee with two milks that's funny all right no sugar the coffee topic is a bit of a contentious topic because it's 
I love coffee. I didn't get pure black because that that would be like terrible. <laughs> it's been my life mission not to make you love coffee, <laughs> but I want you to be a bit more like a coffee drinking regular, if you will. Right. Like I don't want you to like avoid coffee as a plague because uh-huh. I think you're missing out on cool. Right. But here's a very important thing. Most coffee is shit. Yeah. <laughs> like most coffee is terrible. It's just awful. So if you go to any place to get a coffee beverage and you are not sure that place serves good coffee, like really good coffee, which to be fair is like most places, then never order just coffee. Even if you add milks, just like do lattes or cappuccinos or just add stuff to it to like dilute the coffee-ness of it. Yeah, I should check. I didn't even, I'm like, maybe Tim Hortons does have something called a latte. I don't know. I'm, it has to have a latte, you know, if it's anything resembling a coffee shop. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, I should have gotten that, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I bet it has toppings. Like, uh, you'll do a vanilla latte or something, and that's mm. that's nice. So, anyway. Because it's... Yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that. Like, because I'm Googling now, and it seems like they definitely do have lattes. Although, I know, like, this airport one has extremely limited menu. And so, I don't know if that's why I, like, didn't even really, like, think to order a latte. But, yeah. It's got to have latte. Like, I... So just go with me. That is usually my preferred uh, version of coffee. Like if I go out of Starbucks, I would never order like black coffee, just coffee. Because it's going to be a burnt, <laughs> just oily mess. And it's going to be awful. Right. So at a Starbucks, if I need some caffeine, I would get a latte or something. Anyway. This is the Canadian quarter of this episode, I guess. <laughs> um I was, as I was walking around, I was waiting for my flight. So I was walking around in the domestic aisle in the airport. I like sort of walk and there's maybe like, not that many people, like four people just like standing and taking pictures of something. (laughs) I'm like, what's going on here? We're like, you know, the world's most boring airport. There's like nothing here. It's just (laughs) rows and rows of seats. Like what's going on? And then I look over and turns out Stephen Harper, the like, old prime minister of canada oh okay it's just there (laughs) it's just sort of like walking and then people are not taking pictures with him they're taking pictures of him (laughs) like he's sort of like an animal and he's like kind of doesn't really know where to go oh my god (laughs) it seems like he's sort of by himself i mean presumably i'm like i don't know like Shouldn't this guy have some kind of security around? Like, what is he doing there? Like, I just I really didn't get it. So He was just trying to order a latte at Tim Hortons. Yeah, it's like, so weird. And he wasn't even a good prime minister. So it's like, I don't know. I'm Personally, I wasn't interested in getting a picture. But yeah, that was, that was super weird. I'm going to send you... Remember when, uh, at some point, we've recommended videos from this YouTuber called James Hoffman. He's like a coffee person expert okay when uh friend of the show uh david darns was here i think he mr darns that. anyway he's like a coffee youtube person <laughs> mr darns we'll meet again <laughs> uh this other youtuber called tom scott i'm sure you've seen a video from him at some point he's been on youtube for a while what? anyway there's this video is where okay i'm gonna say i have literally never once in my life seen a youtube video about coffee (laughs) no no but this guy he doesn't talk about coffee his youtube channel is not about coffee but he has this video and it's titled i don't like coffee can james hoffman change that Ah. and it was 
very interesting watch because it's again it's someone who doesn't like coffee doesn't drink coffee sit down with a coffee expert with the goal of like maybe he'll come out of that right video that conversation session uh and appreciating coffee this is like when you sat me down and you were like let's talk about this coffee thing <laughs> pretty much <laughs> uh, way less scientific i guess because this is very like experiment thing like here's abc you know like whatever so i'm gonna put the link to that video in the show notes regardless kevin you should check it out i think it'll be cool you'll like it okay i will i will anyway let's talk about real uh designy design topics because that's what people tune in for we we think i'm pretty sure at some point people were like we'll skip the design topics just to hear about coffee and programming at some point <laughs> we'll go like full circle like actually people don't listen to us for the design things welcome to layout a podcast about coffee traveling and youtube videos <laughs> i don't know pretty much <laughs> uh all right but before we do let's talk about our sponsor our sponsor this week is once again our good friends at play If you're listening to this, you still haven't heard about Play, you have no idea what we're talking about, Play is the first native iOS design tool. It's a legit design tool that you play with on your phone. So you can design for your phone on your phone, like directly, like you're designing the thing. It's incredible. It it really messes with with your mind a little bit uh, in the beginning. Uh, We have been talking about it for weeks. We've already shared a lot of things that we like. Today, I thought about just telling you how it changes the perception of what it can do with the tool when what you're doing is the final thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It just puts you so much closer to the actual work that it is legit different. It's a super, super cool tool. If you haven't tried it, you can go learn more about it uh, on their website. That's createwithplay.com. And also, they're they're slowly opening up their their beta. So we have links for you if you want to try it. You can uh, tap the link that we're going to have in the show notes or in the chapter title, I guess, if your podcast player supports that. We'll send you directly there and you should be able to get in and download the beta on your phone. Yeah, it's really cool. I've been using it and for the last few episodes, I've been saying like, oh, I want to share i want to share a file that people can see it's finally here so if you go in the show notes you can see i'll have a link to a file that i've worked on this is i've sort of created this fictional app i was for the last few weekends i've been wanting to go see dune because it's not available on hbo here in canada unfortunately so my preferred choice would be to just literally watch it at home but so i want to watch it in the theaters but every time i go it's packed honestly like every time i guess i should book it now for in a few weeks i guess or something but every time i check i'm like oh no they're entirely full so i was like oh i was kind of in that mood so i was like okay why don't i design this sort of app for fun that's like an app where you could buy the tickets to go see a movie so this is what i've done so you can check out the app the app is designed entirely from my phone and leverages like one of the cool things that i found while i was playing with this is i was like oh i want to like have in my mind the the detail screen for this movie shows like an, a video on autoplay that has sort of the trailer obviously i didn't you know i didn't want to like rip out the the youtube trailer but i'm able to very easily from the app i was able to search like dune or sand or whatever uh and then it loads up i don't even know where they're coming from some sort of like unsplash a video where i can pick a random video that i can use and automatically integrate in the app and it plays live so as you're previewing the app i have a live video that plays and it took me 10 seconds (laughs) 
to put it in. It's just the kinds of things that are just so awesome that when you can have a tool that just can do these things so easily. I also wanted to show. For example, like I want to show, hey, here's the theater that's the closest to you. Obviously, this is hard coded in, but I'm able to show a map, like a real live map that shows where the theater is. That is powered by MapKit, and so it's live, and you can see my current location compared to where the thing is. Like it's just these things really add to the experience, and for me, sort of change how you approach design. That you can. Really interact with it much more than sort of having something that's much more of like a picture of an app rather than than being an app. And the fact that you can do all of this from a phone again is just super cool. So right now, my little like fun test app is just one screen. But my goal is that over the next couple of weeks, to be building on top of it and adding the other screens and exploring some of the other functionality. So we'll have a link to that. Go check it out. If you're using our link for the、uh, to get an invite, please send us links to what you're making. We'd love to see that, and who knows, maybe we'll give you a little shout out in one of our episodes. So, all that to say, our thanks to Play. Go check them out, creativewithplay.com. We have links to the invites, and we have links to、uh, this fun little fake app that I'm designing. All right, let's talk about、uh, designy designy topics. <laughs> to just to renew our design podcast license, <laughs> one thing that you kept hinting, alluding, bringing up, you know, every once in a while, is about your new role and your new like slowly, I guess, from the past year or so since we talked about, I guess, our jobs. Really,、mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it feels like your surface area of like how many teams do you manage, how many people do you manage, has been. Increasing or changing, right? <laughs> and it got to a point where、uh, last week we, in conversation, I just realized that、oh, holy poops, you are right now you're managing managers already for the most part, I believe, right?、Mm-hmm. And I am incredibly interested in, in hearing you talk about what that is like because it's as someone who tried the manager management track and then came back to the IC track partially because it puts me so so. Far from the actual work, in a way that you know it was not to my liking.、Right. I imagine, like you, how does it feel to be more removed from the actual pixels, if that makes sense? And now managing managers, how was that transition? Yeah, so just sort of taking a step back a little bit on this transition. One of the things that we've been talking a lot about at work is like infinite games versus finite games. And so, finite games is something that, like, hey, like you can win, and then that's it, right? Like you are the winner, right? Congratulations. Versus infinite games, where you winning the game just means you get to keep playing. And I kind of feel like my, in a way, like my career and all of our careers are more like infinite games, where the better you get at your job. The smarter you become, like there's never really a point where it's like, okay, cool, like great, like you're done, like you've reached a peak, like you're this is the top. What you do get though is you get to work on harder problems, right? And so the problems don't stop; it's just they get harder and harder. And for me, that's what makes things exciting. I love solving problems in all kinds of different ways, and 
sort of throughout my career, I think the the scope and the size of the problems that I solve has really evolved. But to me, I see that in the same sort of, it's the same line of thinking. It's like, it's a problem solving thing. It's the tools that I use will be different, right? At each sort of stage. Whereas like I've solved a lot of problems through, you know, sketching things on paper and then moving into a design tool like Figma and then moving into, you know, management and working with crafters individually to then working with managers and then managers of managers. Yeah, at least for me, it's felt like a natural sort of evolution. And I feel like it's just part of a natural evolution, at least for me, of always being like seeking bigger, more complicated, more advanced sort of problems. As I hear you say that, I'm trying to apply that thinking to my own line of work and my own career and i actually i'm not sure if that's like true for me <laughs> like, am i solving harder problems with my different roles or my different jobs i don't think that's necessarily true for me or for i guess when you switch companies or whatever it's similarly shaped or sized problem but you're just you get to do it again now like being faster and smarter and more experienced like it's almost like refactoring code Right, you just oh, if I could do this now from scratch, it would be so much better and faster. <laughs> right. um, somehow feels that way. Like the if I join a new team or if I create a new product or something, it's more of like it's not necessarily a harder problem. It's just a ooh, I'm better at doing this now. Do you feel like that also applies or or no? Well, I'm curious to hear what motivates you right through going from project to project, going from companies to companies. Right. Maybe different people have different motivations. Personally, I'm interested in like more ambiguous problems, different kinds of problems that I haven't really solved before. And that's how I feel like I'm progressing. But that's certainly not the only way. But I would argue that there's probably at least like a small part of you who's like, "Ooh, like this is a new problem for me. Like this feels like it's more difficult in x or y way sure right where it's like hey designing developer tools you're like that's so easy like i totally know how to do that but then designing an app for creators might be like whoa that's a totally different ball game and i don't know for you like maybe you're like no like that feels like an easy problem cool but maybe you're like hey that sounds like a now for me where i'm at in my career and my experience that feels like a harder problem than continuing to work on developer tooling sure yeah it's harder because it's new to you it's not inherently harder but it's just it's harder for you because you, you never did it it's new to you hmm. yeah anyway i didn't mean to derail your your line of thought <laughs> keep going <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, that's fine. Don't apologize. That's part of conversation. But th- I think there's a topic here somewhere for maybe a future episode in where it's, it's, I think your career path trajectory and mine, they're quite similar at this point. And I, it's interesting because it, like, it feels like you are okay keeping the same mind space, the same mm-hmm. theme, the same problem in general, like company, right. surface area, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And you seek different rules, different responsibilities, different things to do. While I'm like, actually, I'm really happy with the role and the thing I do. Right. And I seek different problems, different right. themes, different yeah, yeah problems. Anyway. That, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Okay. Maybe a different show, but <laughs> I think that's a cool discussion here. But anyway, 
but keep going please i I keep (laughs) yeah for sure and i'm definitely like i'm super obsessed with the problem of entrepreneurship and that's just something (laughs) that i feel like i i have a hard time thinking about other problems that i'm like as interested in or invested in over the long term Mm -hmm. right there's a bunch of problems that i'm like oh i'd love to solve this little problem like i'm counting down the days until (laughs) my partner is back and so i want to solve that problem (laughs) i'm interested in solving that problem but then then you do it and you're like okay like i'm just ready to move on to something else right Mm -hmm. was for me entrepreneurship is that one thing that i found where it's like oh this is sort of like an endless pit (laughs) sort of what i was talking about about like there's always a bigger more complex problem lurking there there's never a time where i'll be like yeah like mission accomplished right like we did it (laughs) so yeah so over the last year roughly so i went from i was working permanently on shopify email uh which was really cool and one of the best projects i've ever worked on brand new product for shopify really like had to define it from scratch i think what we ended up doing was really cool like initially i thought hey we're coming in super late to this let's just put together (laughs) essentially the best parts of what everyone's already thought of before and then just you know tape it together and done but actually what we realized is like email marketing is far from being a solved problem and actually Mm -hmm. a lot of the tools we were looking at and there were competitors had sort of like a lot of legacy and cruft to them that you're like no one would ever build a tool like this if we were building from scratch and so we sort of had the benefit of having that hindsight as we were building ours and then we were able to really focus on a specific audience being merchants to craft something unique so for example i mean i don't want to like recap everything but like for example rather than when you look at the templates rather than saying hey do you want like a three column layout or do we want a four column layout Uh, like who cares or like some other tools what they do is they give you a bunch of like great looking templates they're like but this has nothing to do with my brand like i need to spend a ton of time to go in and customize those templates and then i essentially like duplicate over and over the same template that i have because that's i've spent so much time modifying it what we decided to do is take a a new approach was much more centered around the content so we said hey listen you're a merchant there's tons of different use cases why you want might want to be sending an email so maybe you have products that inventory that you need to get rid of maybe you're doing a store opening maybe you have a new promotion maybe you have a sale that's ending maybe you have like we kind of came up with all of these reasons why you might want to use email for and crafted templates around that with real content that merchants can already take and run with and you know, if they really don't have time, they can hit send right away and it would be like an okay thing. An okay email to send. Obviously, if they want to spend a bit more time and customize them, it, the emails will be that much better. And then like we pre-populated all their branding because, hey, it turns out we already know what your store looks like because your store is on Shopify. And then uh, we even went ahead and like provided actual recommendations of products that you may want to promote. And so we kind of really crafted like a very compelling cohesive story for merchants who wanted to use email but maybe like either didn't have time or didn't really know where to get started so i like really spent some time focusing on that 
And then coming off of that project, just like building a team and then like working with lots of super talented people, I ended up, you know, hiring a manager. And my plan initially was to oversee more of just like marketing initiatives to just help merchants promote more of their products. And then I kind of realized, hey, like this manager is doing a great job and in many ways like a better job than I was and kind of felt like, yeah, like team is going, you know, and they don't seem to really need me. Like a a question I often ask myself is, do I need someone here or am I bringing like a unique value? Like is this problem need Kevin (laughs) Uh, or just need someone, (laughs) right? And I think that's a good question to ask yourself of like, is there something new or unique that I'm bringing to this space? And if not, then maybe that's a time for you to like find something else. And so that's when I started looking for maybe other opportunities. And then it's around the time where I started like thinking about CMSs and just like headless websites and stuff like that for like the Montreal Design Club at a time. And so this is when I learned that there was a an initiative, a Shopify of like basically providing ways for merchants to extend the current primitives that we have. So let's say we have a product, like we'll have a bunch of fields, right? <laughs> that will be on your product page. Great. But then maybe you want to add more stuff. And so I started there working with that team to empower mer- merchants to be able to create additional fields for the product. All that stuff is launched, by the way. Like I'm not <laughs> revealing any company secrets here. <laughs> um, <laughs> New fields. You heard it here. Yeah. That was my first time sort of working with uh, more on the online store side of things and then from there started like looking over into uh, hydrogen which is like our headless platform and we talked last week about how i kind of like jumped in and then like helped design the little like demo website but which is like tiny sliver of like the huge complexity of, of that problem space so anyway started getting into that area and so eventually as we sort of like figured out hey this is what we want to accomplish these are the big problem areas kind of became clear that we needed to form more serious leadership around this idea of storefronts and so this is where i like started to step into that role and started overseeing like honestly like a lot of really big areas whereas before i would have owned maybe one of these now i'm like looking over that entire product area with multiple teams multiple projects across different groups and that's been like a completely different challenge for me like i still think of it as the extension of hey i'm working on this one feature to oh i'm actually thinking about this whole project to i'm actually thinking about this like specific problem uh, that can have multiple projects to, hey, I'm thinking about this whole area and thinking about, okay, what is the interplay of different teams, different strategies? How do we create like a logical vision for all of these things to work together and build just a strong org that can help us get to our vision as as quickly as possible so i think you're right there's like one of the challenges that i've had is not so much that i'm like so separated from the work because i actually think that i always be someone who's like very detail oriented and that like really comes from that background of like being an individual contributor but the way that my impact is felt is much more indirect than it maybe would have been before right Right. And also, I imagine that if you're an IC, uh, you get the brief or whatever, like you do the 
work and you see the work happening and then you probably get feedback or whatever. If you're managing that people are like, all right, let's do this. And then maybe in a sprint a day or whatever, you get the results. Being that removed from the, ultimately the ICs, I imagine that decisions and projects have a way longer like feedback loop kind of like the moment you decide to pivot or go a certain direction or whatever that will need to be defined into different projects and each project then will be defined into individual tickets and then those tickets assigned to ICs so by the time you can see the results of a certain decision isn't everything a bit slower in that way like the feedback that you receive from your actions or decisions isn't that just a longer turnaround mm. I can see where your question is coming from. I actually don't think that's much of a thing uh, at Shopify, at least. Mm. Just we have a culture of shipping very quickly and being very action-driven. And so things usually don't take too much time to go from one place to another. But I like what I've been feeling is obviously I'm like in this position because I at least I. You know, some people believe that I have what it takes <laughs> to help the team deliver great quality work that will have impact on merchants. But the challenge sometimes is, okay, I know what I would do as a designer on the team. I know what I would do as a manager of that team. But then how do I kind of translate that and have sort of influence and impact through, you know, helping other leaders make decisions and it's a lot more like thinking about framework for decision making or like strategies around how to make good decisions than like a lot of very like you know fine green detail but one of the things that i love that we do even at sort of like our level with like vanessa our, our product director is like every week what we call product sessions so there are open slots in our calendar so for our leadership group um, that are reserved for that and then it's up to the teams to essentially book that time with us but it's not a review it's really like we approach this of what are the top questions that you have in mind that like you're struggling with and that you don't know how to approach, right? So it's not about getting a sign off from us of like, yes, like, cool, great. Uh, you get the gold star, like go and launch this. It's more like, hey, we have this like super complicated problem and we have no idea how to approach it. And then it's more of a work session where we get to bounce ideas off of people. And I think that, keeps us very close from mm -hmm. you know the people that are actually doing a lot of that work and like we're you know me and like on product and engineering we're all you know people that are very very technical very sort of passionate by all the details and so we try to keep that sort of very tight loop on things so no like i would say yeah i would say like the the iteration cycles is pretty quick i think for me the challenge it remains what is the balance of like i obviously don't want to tell people what to do right right so i want to give them a lot of space to make mistakes to sometimes make decisions that i wouldn't make because that's also how we get to great work right because i don't ever want to be the bottleneck of someone having, you know, a different take or a different idea that takes us in a in a better direction. And so it's like an exercise in giving people a lot of space. But like, actually, the more that I grow, the more I find that my role is a bit more of like that of a coach, 
right? Like I've worked with coaches before where it's like, it's a lot about asking people questions and like getting them to come to their answers or their conclusions more than necessarily like telling them exactly what to do. So it's been, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm still, <laughs> I'm still really like learning about this and I'm still trying to get better at it at like, how can I affect change at scale and also be mindful that like even though for me it, what I say is just like ah eh, whatever like I'm just one person and you can totally disagree with me that you sometimes enough of that like gap between like say let's say me and some of the folks where like we don't necessarily spe- talk every day maybe talk once a week that I want to make sure that I don't say something that takes them off course right where I'll be like oh like I don't know I feel like I like this one better and then like everything changes towards that direction and I'm like oh but like if you had reasons <laughs> to go another way then you should tell me <laughs> right like don't just follow what I'm saying like I, it's the knowing what to have opinions on and what things I actually shouldn't so I should totally like leave up to the team it's been hard to find the the right balance there but again like i said it's been super exciting and i'm so lucky to work with super amazing managers that are all like just really great leaders and sometimes i feel like i learn a ton from them right like where it's like hey i'm also interested in learning from you and from your your perspective and your take and so i'm certainly not pretending like i you know like i know everything about management either dang that's cool that was a lot you just touch on the thing Actually, touched on a lot of things. <laughs> like one being, uh, I think that's a very common mistake. Is not the right word, but a common thing that we see in ICs going the management route, which is yeah, they have this instinct of trying to tell you what to or having opinions on how to do things. Because not that long ago they were doing that, and they're probably better at it than you <laughs> still at doing that. And like trying to stay away. That is, uh, I think, one of the early challenges that it's really hard to overcome in becoming a manager, not telling people what to do or what do you think they should do even. Mm -hmm. That's really, really hard. And even in that, even if you're not a manager, I've that is still something I am 100% working on and going through. And I don't think I'll ever be like, I don't think I'll ever master it. But it's that knowing when to not hold on to your opinions, but like don't push and fight for your opinions right or your takes on things or your gut feelings or whatever because i've seen things and uh, you know examples in where maybe i will like why am i pushing to do this thing this way it doesn't matter right like it's ultimately not important but i've also found myself in a position where like i regret not fighting harder for a certain thing mm-hmm. or not searing us a bit harder some other way and ultimately found ourselves in a position that i don't think and ultimately was not good and maybe i could have helped avoid this or you know put us in a better spot so this is also i don't know if there's if you have advice or something or how do you feel about that uh like knowing what's important what's not um because some things might seem rather arbitrary or inconsequential but then they trickle down and becomes a thing (laughs) down the line an important thing (laughs) yeah I mean, it certainly is one of the most difficult things to do. One of the things that I've found, uh, and I don't know if that's true universally for every company, but like certainly is true for 
the work that I do at Shopify is I think having a strong grasp or understanding of your own feelings on something like your own gut instinct and like having search your feelings <laughs> and having like real opinions on things i think is important that like i think a challenge that comes also with just being at that level is that like i actually don't spend one hour a week on a specific topic right and so i i don't have as much time to you know to be thinking about a specific problem and so it can be easy sometimes to like totally defer to other folks to be like oh well i guess they just know <laughs> right but it's really important and sometimes if that means taking more time you know with that team or with that project but like really having a very clear grasp of like when you have an opinion on something and try to interrogate why you have that opinion versus where you're like hey, this is a place where we can go left or we can go right. And ultimately, like, there's not one of these that is better than the other. And so, like, I don't need to step in here. Like, I'll sometimes say that. Like, I actually don't have opinions on this, right? And it's like, but making sure that I actually don't. Mm -hmm. But if I do, if there is something that is really important that maybe the team is missing out, then, you know, I should ask them questions and I should, like, try to either, you know, connect them to the right people so they can get that context that they're missing or just like making sure like the at the end of the day like the reason why i'm here is so i can help people make better decisions right and so like know when to use that but we've seen we all know people who seem like they have to have an opinion about everything and most times like a contrarian opinion kind of <laughs> you know i think we all seen or you know cross people like this in our own paths like that's one way of feeling like they're being a part of it like they're doing their job by being there when ultimately what you want it's not to be in the way it's to help other people get there yeah it's trying to tease apart when do you have something unique to bring to the table and if not just step the hell out of the way and you know let people do their job and do it as well as possible so so is what's the hardest challenge you're going through right now hardest challenge that i'm going through I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, obviously, I think for me, it's really how do I create the right environment for great design work to happen at that scale? Where like something, it's easy to say, hey, if I'm working with like, hey, five designers that I'll be like, hey, okay, let's like exchange ideas. Let's like refine our process. Let's adjust this. Oh, what's working? What's not working? That's much more easier versus when it's like a ton of people, like 30 plus people that you're sort of in a way responsible with. And you're like, I'm seeing like this problem like at scale like our team is great but there's like this thing that where that could be better or this pattern that i'm seeing how do i then turn that into action mm. like right like what needs to happen like do i need to like go and tell the managers like hey this is a problem that i'm seeing like please work with your people and solve them should i create a framework that makes things easier for people to automatically fall into the right patterns do i need to change how i show up to different interactions I think that's been something that I like really curious about or like trying to figure out what is the right balance and like also learning to leverage other leaders in a space, right? Not like I knew going into this that a big mistake to make would be 
me trying to take on every problem on my shoulders of like, hey, I'm seeing that there's this problem going on and therefore I'm going to go and try and solve it because the reality is I'm not going to be able to dedicate enough time to properly solve things. And so being very conscious about the limitations of theoretically, if I had all the time in the world, I could solve this problem, but I actually don't. And so probably I'm not always the right person to solve a problem, mm -hmm. even if I'm like, say, the one to find it. And so helping connect people and leaders with the right opportunities there and being like, hey, here's like a great opportunity for you that I'd like you to, to take on and lead and knowing that, hey, they're going to do things differently than me and that I should be okay with them trying something and it not working out. Like, I think that's totally fine. And that's just part of, you know, the work that we all do. Like, we should have space to make those mistakes. So it's a sort of like a, a mix of learning to let go, but also finding like the, what are the most effective uh, levers that I can pull to adapt things and ultimately lead to the best outcomes for our designers and the best outcomes for our product. Dang, that was good. Thanks for sharing, man. It's cool. Yeah, no problem. It's a fun, like I am really enjoying what I'm working on and I, I always a person who's super curious and wants to dive into a bunch of different projects. And so that actually suits my personality very well to be able to like, you know, dip into a bunch of different things. But uh, yeah, like I'm still, I still consider myself at the beginning of sort of that journey and I'm learning a lot from the leaders around me. Cool. I can't think of a better way to end this show. <laughs> this is a good conversation i wasn't expecting it to be that deep i guess or you know uh cool yeah should we do recommendations and call it a show let's do it this is fun oh i still want to talk about that like our different career path and but i don't know how to frame that topic but let's think about it yeah cool recommendations do you want me to start if you want you can start Okay, so my recommendation is this thing called Shadow Palette Generator by Josh W. Como, I guess. Como, yeah. And it's this really cool website. It's basically just like a CSS generator for shadows. And what it's doing basically is it's generating multiple like layered shadows for different elevations. So it's really cool. It's super interactive. You can kind of play with it. And... What I like about it is doing some like automatic shadow tinting yeah. uh, to fit better with the background color. And it's really giving your elements like this level of richness that is of layering multiple shadows on top of another. And it just kind of reminded like I've done it a little bit here and there for some things, but I definitely don't use this enough, yep. <laughs> right? Like I frequently just like, you know, crank up like a shadow, uh, you know, blur radius, you know, and mm -hmm. just like deal with that. But sometimes like adding that additional like layer or two of shadow just makes it that much more tactile and so yeah like you can play with it uh, it's interactive and then just copy the copy the code and then you can reuse it uh, i thought it was pretty neat i just want to like also copy some kind of figma or sketch properties somehow yeah <laughs> as well yeah exactly someone should make a figma plugin for this i know there's one like a similar plugin to, to create these i don't know what they call them not soft shadows but yeah these layered shadows right. it's one of those things like you know you should do like it's layering shadows and same with gradients. You don't want to use, just use a gradient from A to B. You want to do a ease gradient 
you know, with the actual values. Mm-hmm. But it's oof, it's because so, especially if you don't know how to do it or what you're doing, it's also easy to mess up. So these type of tools, generator things, it's, it goes a long way. Yeah, I could see myself visiting this every time I need to do a CSS shadow from now on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'd love to see, and I know there's like an accompanying blog post, but I'd love to see some of the theory behind that layering of shadows. Like, what is the right, like, quote-unquote, correct way to layer shadows? I think that would, that'd be really interesting. He has a, an accompanying blog post to it, which I don't think he goes exactly into the science of it, but uh, he explains a lot yeah. more what's what's happening. And anyway, his blog is a great resource anyways. Yep. Okay, my recommendation is something cool, and I'm recommending it because I just want you to to look at this and be like, ooh, that's cool, and that's it. All right. <laughs> so similarly to the recommendation of that website with a fluid thing, uh, you know, on your phone, go to the show notes and tap the link under my recommendation. It's an app. It's called Rivio. Have you heard about this app? Maybe you've seen this. No, I haven't. Okay. So download the app. And my recommendation is just the onboarding flow. I'm opening the app. You explicitly told me not to check this out before we started recording. So it's downloading right now. Right. Because I just want to get your reaction. So for me, it's just the onboarding flow is cool. And that is my recommendation. So go download this app. Whoa. All right. Okay. So there's like a lot of glitches. Yeah. And the way they use haptics is really cool. Yeah. Like it kind of matches up with the glitches and kind of feels like a little glitchy. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So basically, like they have this three paging indicators, like these little like dots at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. So you, when you try to swipe, it's sort of like you're closing a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> like on, and there's like a video too, which is really cool. And then there's some haptics. Yeah. As you're doing this, like very light haptics. This is crazy. <laughs> this is awesome. the craziest onboarding thing. And then like. Whoa, okay, and then if you swipe it back, then you get the animation again and all the haptics. Yeah. It seems like every page has, like, almost its own... Because the second page has a different style. Yeah, it's like a page-turning animation thing. Yeah. And the last one is the least interesting, but... Yeah. And then they have, like, color effects on the text and stuff like that. That is really cool. All right. I wonder if you could prototype that in play. that is really cool yeah so uh, people listening just uh, on an iphone download the app in the show notes and it's called rivio or just search the app store rivio as in video but with an r oh and with a v (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so like video but totally spelled differently (laughs) but totally different (laughs) video but instead of a v it's an r instead of a d it's a v this is simple this is easy or just click the, the show notes what the hell uh, download the app and just go through the three-page onboarding thing. And it's super cool. Uh, the app itself, it's a video editor thing. I actually haven't tried it. I just I just love this <laughs> onboarding. Cool. That's it. All right. Uh, this is a fun show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You can uh, find show notes uh, on our website. That's layout.fm. Also, if you're there, uh, look around because we're going to talk about our website next week. Because some things are different, maybe. (laughs) Can you spot the seven differences? Ooh, yeah, we should do that, actually. (laughs) Can you you spot anything different with our website? Uh, Let us know. Please, write us. Tell us what is different with our website on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then we'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. 
And yeah, maybe we can keep like the keep a score. Of yeah. Who, so okay, here. Okay, this is what we have to do. You should DM us at Layout FM so that no one else, you know, gets your answers. Right. Don't give it away. Don't give the answers away. So try to spot as many differences in our website. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> we don't really have a great comparison point. No. But uh, you know. Since last time you checked it, <laughs> just uh, only the true ponchos will know what it looked like before and look for differences. Exactly, exactly. I have to say, I cannot wait for the episode where we can finally have the test of: Are you a Kevin or are you a Rafa? <laughs> yeah, Dave, we heard you. Now you know. Please, you did this to yourself. I have to do this. I was thinking it'd be fun, maybe for a bonus episode or like a holiday special or something. We should get you know some of our friends of the show and get them to do the test. <laughs> nice. See if they're more of a Kevin or a Rafa, and then see how they feel about it. You know, if BuzzFeed can crank quizzes like this, you know, like five a day, it can't be that hard, right? Please, Dave, you're <laughs> our only hope. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think we can do it. We're a little too close to it. Oh yeah, I think I'm a Rafa. I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So it'd be really fun. All right. So DM us on Twitter. We are at Layout.fm. I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. And uh, our thanks to our editor this week, uh, Laura, for editing this show. And our huge thanks to our sponsor, Play, for once again sponsoring Layout. Uh, go to createwithplay.com. Uh, and if you want to get in their early early beta, uh, check out the link in the show notes. There's still some spots available, I'm sure. Cool. Awesome. Talk to you next week. Okay, bye.